to another episode of See You Next Tuesday podcast. I am Jesse. I'm Amanda. And this is episode 15. Holy really? shit. I can't believe. We're teenagers now. I think I have to stop calling us a new podcast on the Twitters now. Yeah, no, 15. It's like a, kind of a milestone. We're almost able to drive. We're almost there. So what? close. We have our learner's permit. And maybe a provisional. Depending on our parents. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what Ooh, state we're in. Do we have the hardship license? You want one? Let's get yes, one. Okay. We have the hardship license. We definitely have hardship license for a lot of things. <laughs> if we could just talk, I mean, just family trauma alone, my God. Oh, Where Lord do you want to start? Mercy. Oh, God. Narcissistic moms or? I have the victim mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't have the mom who lives vicariously through extension of you? You don't have that? No. Okay, that's what I have. I have the victim. Cute. That's fun. Do you rem- you remember this Christmas story? I do. And not the movie, the heart heartwarming movie. Oh no, not the Christmas story yeah. with the Red Rider BB gun. No. The tragedy that was my Christmas. <laughs> the real life shit show mm-hmm. that is any holiday with our families. Yes. Yeah. Literally like an anxiety-producing trauma sesh where we're like, oh, God, there's a holiday coming up. Oh, fuck me. It's okay. My doctor gives me Xanax. Oh, really? I just avoid completely now. Well, I'm like half a step from that. (laughs) Well, so you got the the sweet, sweet Xanax to help you. Well, (laughs) after last year, I'm half a step from go fuck yourself. We're not coming. Yeah. Don't blame you. Yeah. And also, just a side note real quick. Hi, we cuss a lot. Um, we also talk about mental health and facts. Um, it may seem political to some people, but it's really not politics when we're talking about basic human rights or, you know, things that have happened to us. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah. And also, we'll give we'll let you know when we're giving our opinion because, you know, again, this is a true crime comedy, podcast comedy. We make jokes. In order to deal with the crazy bullshit and crap that we're about to talk about. Because it's trauma. Yes. And we have also dealt with lots of trauma. And I make jokes to deal with my trauma. Yeah, me too. Otherwise, I'd be in the fetal position crying. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) There would never be enough. I would never make it to work. Yeah, same. Or I'd be under my desk in the fetal position. Same. Yeah. Sarcasm and and joking has helped quite a bit. I'm the queen of sarcasm. (laughs) So much so that many people don't realize I'm being sarcastic <laughs> when I am. Yeah, no, it, it it's like super subtle. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Because sometimes I'm like, even I'm like, she's joking. I'm lucky I know that she's joking. Because I'll always be like, wait, what? There have been times I've had to tell you. I'm like, no, no I'm joking. Oh, yeah, okay, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. Those are true facts, Those not are- alternate facts. Yeah, this is true. And not allegedly not allegedly. Allegedly. True facts. Oh, and um, if you didn't know, See You Next Tuesday is a... Acronym. For cunt. Yeah. So welcome. <laughs> we will always have a cunt to our story. Welcome to the cunt podcast. We don't always have a cunt. That was a lie. That's true. Sometimes we like have a hard time picking that person out. Um, we'll always have Star Mom, though. We will always have a star mom because there's always someone in the world that shines bright like a star. This is true. Oh, that was a Rihanna song. 
Shine brightly a diamond. Oh shit. Yeah. No, but I I I instantly thought of that song whenever you said that. So mm-hmm. yeah. God, that was a good song. God, Rihanna. Can we just say, like, when she officially does drop a new album, it's been, like, what, eight, nine years now? It will fucking go platinum immediately. I call dibs for when she gives birth. Do you think? I'm going to do her as a star mom when she gives birth. Okay. I call dibs. God, she's going to have the cutest baby, too. The cutest fucking baby. Mm-hmm. She's dating what's his name? She's dating some guy now. I don't God, know. what's his name? Anyway, I've been so busy on the Twitters. I haven't been on my Instagram to see all the gossip. All her choices have been good choices is all I'm going to say. Yes. Honestly, like her charity work, like everything that she's done in her life. A huge fan of Rihanna. Like incredible. Rihanna? Rihanna? Rihanna. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's it's allegedly Rihanna, but even she was like, it's not my real name, so I don't give a shit. She said that to somebody once, so I was like, okay, fair enough. Let's... Let's call a spade a spade. Famous people's names are never their real names. It's rarely, yeah. I mean, Matthew McConaughey. He got lucky his name was just fucking already kind of star. You know? I mean, is that really his name? Yeah. His mama would have said something different. And you know his mama. His mama don't take no shit from not no one. And she is. Are you Googling it? If you hear my nails are typing, clickety, 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 it's because I'm a Googling. I'm talking about Dolly Parton over here with your nine to five and It's because I do my own nails. What did I say? Told you. It's his real name. Matthew David. Yeah. McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah. That's his real name. Hmm. Who would have thunk that? Yeah. You have to change not nothing. I mean, some people don't. Some people do. I get why. I mean, most people change their names. Yeah. I also feel like it's kind of like an older Hollywood thing to change your name. Because, like, you know, Marilyn wasn't Marilyn. Can I have a new name? Sure. Anybody can really have a new name. You can just go and change your fucking name. You just have to deal with the Social Security office, which... Oh, fuck that. Yeah. But I want you to call me something new from now on. What's that? What do you want me to call you? Betty Lou. Betty Lou? This is the this is the fucking name we're choosing. <laughs> oh my god. I don't, Lou. I don't I girl, I don't know. I don't know. I would I'm, I did try to change my name once in the sixth grade. What? Well, okay. Tell me the story immediately. <laughs> when you were born in the year I was born in, mm. there was lots of Amanda's. Okay. Like six of them in my grade. Okay, so this was the popular name at the time. Yes. Got it. And I was tired of it. So I decided I was going to change my name. And I was going to have all my friends call me something else. Those fucking cunts didn't do it. What was the name that you wanted to be called? I don't know if I want to say it now. Say it! Rain. Rain? (laughs) That's awesome! I was a hippie before I knew I was a hippie. I love that. Are you glad I brought you a crystal? I love that you brought me a crystal. I brought her a crystal. I brought her citrine, which is, do you have it? It's like, oh shit. No, but I left it, was, it in my purse downstairs. I meant to bring it up here. But it's basically like wealth and focus and peace and tranquility, essentially. Yes. And it's also supposed to, you never have to charge it, which is great. So you can just set it and forget it, so to speak. 
Because I need to charge my clear quartz and my other crystal I have in my pillowcase. I can't remember what it is. And if you guys don't believe in the crystals and the energy, eh, it's whatever. You know what? If we all, everyone's, we all need a Dumbo feather, okay? We all just do. All right. You might have something different, but for us, it's the crystals and the energy in them. I mean, I also play the lottery every week, so. Hey. We all have our thing. We all have our thing. <laughs> this is true. It's very true. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's, if ancient cultures, you know, and granted, I also kind of like I'm half and half on it. Like, you know, ancient cultures didn't, they believe that, you know, there were like 15,000 gods, one for the sun and one for the moon and whatever else. But also I think that they kind of were onto something about like, you know, energy exists. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if one of the laws of thermodynamics says energy cannot be created or destroyed, well then after you die, where does that energy go? You know what I mean? Or like where there has to be like, and, and also like whenever you enter a room, and maybe like you can sense someone in the room is kind of like off, right? Oh yeah, you're 100%. just like uh, throwing off a weird vibe. I mean that's uh, an energy, yeah, right? 100%. So one hundred percent. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, I believe in my crystals. I have my evil eye hamsa bracelets. I sage my house. Same. Um. So you know. I know. Yeah. No. I mean, I I would say whatever makes you feel better about life I trust you it gut instinct about people when I first meet them 110 percent now the gut is something that is something that we all need to be doing more I think oh yeah for sure like listen to your gut trust your gut if you got a bad vibe get the fuck out of that situation as our girls Karen and Georgia say at you know my favorite murder yes they're a huge influence for us Fuck politeness, and we 100% agree with that. Mm -hmm. Being nice ain't gonna get you nowhere. Being kind will, but being nice will not. So if you need to get out of a situation and need to be a rude bitch, fucking do it. To save your own life or whatever, or people around you, absolutely do that thing. Because, yeah. It's I mean, important. I, I met someone that put me into an anxiety attack immediately as I met them, and I've been in a constant anxiety attack since. So I just know they're not a good person. Mm. So I'm just going to steer clear. Yeah. But that's true. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, trust your gut. Trust your instincts. I mean, shit. I mean, that's basically... I mean, especially as true crime fans, we should all know these things. Oh, yeah. Or like, at least keep it in the back of our head. And granted, when situations happen, what you actually do in that situation could be vastly different than what you plan on doing. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible in emergency situations. Me too. I, I, I freeze. I'm like, and I'm in a bowl. <laughs> so you have to roll me out of the room. I have had emergencies with my kids and my husband has been there and he's had to literally yell at me where if someone on the outside had heard what was going on, they would have been like, what is that motherfucking piece of shit's problem? <laughs> but that's what like jump started me into like to actually do what I needed to do right exactly because I'm just like my mind won't like focus on one thing as I need to do this it's like what the fuck is going on like right I go in too many different directions so he knows you well enough to know like I have to snap her out of the situation yes. and go like hey he has attention. to snap at me and be like Fucking call 911. Right, right, right. Fucking do this. And it's like, like okay, okay. 
and you know, I mean, he's doing it out of love, knowing like, hey, wake up, pay attention. This thing needs to happen yes. right now. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I'm not mad at him, and I know he's not being rude. I know that's what he has to do to get me to actually do what needs to be done. Right. It's a proven fact. So you know what? This is also a thing. Trust your gut enough to surround yourself with people that can take care of you in that way. And knowing your like weaknesses or challenges that you may have in your life. And they can make up for those differences. Essentially like a puzzle piece, you know? Yeah. So that's important. It's very important. Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm, I'm not good. <laughs> you just don't have an emergency and have me be the only person there because you might just die. I'll make a note of that. I'll be like, well, we going down together. You're over here like frozen. I'm frozen. The house is burning down or some shit. We're like, well, what are you going to do? You're like having this medical emergency. Yeah. And I'm just staring at you like I don't fucking know what to do. Oh God! Let's hope that somebody else is in the, there in that situation, oh, coming yeah. to save us. Cause my crystals ain't go save you. You're like waving crystals. Oh my God! I wouldn't even think to grab the crystals. <laughs> I wouldn't think to grab my phone. I wouldn't think to call your pod hubby. I wouldn't think to call nine one one. I would just be staring at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Can you not do this right now? I can't handle this. Can I, you not be bleeding to death? Because this is too much for me. Okay. I would be like. Alexis on Shit's Creek. I'd be like, I love this journey for you. <laughs> but I need you to stop. God. Oh, can we talk about that? Honestly, the if you guys have not watched Shit's Creek, please fucking make, do yourself a favor. I mean, it's just the most beautifully incredible job. I love this journey for you too. God dang, that show is so good. Oh, fuck. Well, now we know. At least we now have established this fact. So if we ever are in like, a place where we're like, hmm, this might lead to a weird, uncomfortable situation and or an emergency, we should at least have one other person that we know is going to like take control of the situation with us. You know, like, like a fucking parent or like a guide, like a tour guide of do our we, lives. Do we have an adult we can take with us? we're clearly not able to handle ourselves because <laughs> it's not fucking me oh my god i mean if it's not avocado toast i don't know my way around it apparently because i'm millennial well and then you're for the forgotten generation being a gen x so who the fuck knows what you even want to need is like a comfort you need to be ignored and like a, a latchkey situation I, I just need to suppress everything down oh, real yeah. Push the emotions down. down. Wait for it down. down. That's all I need to do. No emotions. So whatsoever. that's why I can't help you is because I gotta push it all down. You're like, yeah, I'm not allowed to feel these feelings, so you're gonna have to figure this out. So I'm just sorry. gonna go over here and drink my wine and push everything <laughs> down. Oh god. Well now we know. Okay. On well, that note, problem solved. What do you have for me today? <laughs> On that note, I do have a murderer okay, that I'd like to talk about. <laughs> Who did not handle her emotions well? Did she push them all down? She did not. She let them all out. Oh, so all she out. was a millennial that uh, did not go to therapy. No, unfortunately, she's not part of my Boomer. generation. I think she actually is, actually. But, but I am going to caveat this by saying, I don't know if it's shit pothole necessarily. 
I'm going to say mental health alert. Okay. I.E. Oh, I don't want to say anymore because I might give it away. So I'm going to say mental health alert. We'll just say that. It's okay. not necessarily like, oh my God, but it, there are moments where there are shit potholes, which is what we call like trigger warnings. That's how we say it. And if we say SP, that's what we mean. Yes. Because we're I, taking it back. I, I forgot. We have to tell people that. Yeah. SP means shit pothole, meaning, hey, if you get triggered by any of these things, please skip ahead or move on um, past this point. And um, SP is also known as a suppressive person in Scientology. So we're taking back the acronym. Fuck them. Come at me. Don't um, come at me. Yeah, no, you can come at me. I'm okay with it. You come at her. <laughs> you want her personal email? Put in some, some sh- Okay, so in any other situation, you're going to freeze, but now you're going to give out my personal information? I don't know your personal email <laughs> off the top of my head. That's, I mean, it's not like true. I gave out your phone number, which I also don't know off the top of my head. Who does? All I know is I pick up my phone, I hit the Instagram thing, and I hit the <laughs> message thing, and then I type you a message. And then it's done. I don't even know what your Instagram app thingy is. Shit. That's a good point. Are you going to say it out loud? Don't say it out loud. I'm going to say yours ready. Eh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, let's talk about Moida. Okay. How about it? So my sources, um, just FYI, I'm going to be going through an Australian killers phase here, guys, because y'all got some fucked up killers. And I thought Texas was bad. Dingo enough. ate my baby. The dingo ate my baby. Is Are you doing there? the dingo ate my baby? Not yet. But I might. She might be coming up. Yeah, no, it's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to do a dingo with my baby. I am doing Raina Thide. And I had literally no idea who she was. I found her off this amazing Reddit list. Thank you so much. So much person who compiled that list. Reddit is the Millennials Wikipedia. Ah, yeah. Actually, huh. That's actually a pretty good uh, astute way to say that. Um, so I, obviously a lot of sources. I got a little wiki in there. I got a 2017. I mean, let's be real. Wiki, come on. Um, 2017 ABC article, Brisbane Times, BBC News, news.com.au, which I was like, I'm not really sure if this is like actually a source, but mm, you guys in Australia, please let us know if this is actually a source, if this is Australia. Um, and then uh, Queensland court article which i am going to hold until the end because i want to go over what happens here did you just sneak and look don't no, be looking don't i be looking you think i can read that far you have the font way too fucking small <laughs> is do. that like an 11 because i need it's it a 10.5 like, oh fuck who puts the font that small and can read it millennials yeah because you got young eyes <laughs> so um this is a quote from that website news.com.au but I don't know if it actually is something that plays into this case or not, but I found it really interesting. I think that this website was, it had a very biased opinion. Um, so this is what it says. If you live in Karens or are planning to live in Karens, which, hey, heads up, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing this. It's C-A-I-R-N-S. I'm going to say that's Karens. Karens? Karens. Australia. Excuse me, but that's what I'm going to go with. So Karen, excuse me. You need to know this. There are a handful of suburbs that you want to avoid, and those are the suburbs west of Karen's that start with the letter M. The suburbs include Manuda, Morabol, and Menorah. 
The Karen's M suburbs are densely populated with housing commission rental properties. And due to the presence of this demographic trigger, are you serious? These suburbs could be considered a write-off. Violence and crime are common in these suburbs and many locals do not recommend them worthy for rent or purchase. So that's a exact quote from the website news.com.au. Thought it was a little heavy handed and also the fact that they said demographic made me kind of go like, uh, what demographic are you trying to say here? You know, it's very, um, it's one of those like things where people say the word thug, but they mean something else, you know, and you're uh, like, I was kind of thinking something that had to do with like race. Yeah, absolutely. It has everything to do with race. So mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of a shitty mm, view of these areas and also kind of a little bit of a sneak peek into the neighborhood in which Reyna's living. You know, like, hey, heads up. This is a, uh, what am I trying, indigenous neighborhood, a black neighborhood. Like, a lot of people were very... Mm, weirded out by that we call it section 8 housing here in texas i'm not really sure what it's called in other states but basically it's like government housing oh yeah you know same shit and of course there's all these people that you know get crappy around people that have welfare of any kind unfortunately it exists in other countries as well too clearly Mm-hmm. i mean yeah sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do i mean we all have had moments when life has not been kind or good and we need support so been there done that learned how to coupon there you go like don't judge mm-hmm. don't judge so a review on the website life in queensland was just about as blunt it called Menor probably the worst burb in karen's news.com AU spoke this afternoon to one former business owner who pre- preferred not to be named he has run a business on the corner of murray and peace streets for 20 years while he endured a couple of minor break-ins and enters for the that's what they call it break break and enters okay but b and e isn't it we don't we don't say that break and is, is it b and e break and enter fuck is it oh shit maybe that's right never mind um i mean now i but b and e that's we don't call it break and enter it's like wait Maybe we do call it that. Yep. Breaking and breaking and entering. So we call it with an ing, breaking and entering. Yeah. We call it break and enters. Okay. In the first three years, he said that he had not even uh, he had not seen even a minor incident of crime in the last seventeen years. He said it's generally very much a family area. Murray Street has a community center and a park where Karen's regional um, council often hosts movie nights. Right. So this is a again part of that same news.com.au article and that was published December 19, 2014. So there's this disparate view of people who live there say, look, it's a really family community. We all kind of take care of each other. Um, there's kids in the streets, we have movie nights, all that kind of stuff. People from the outside view it as a welfare community, i.e. living off the government dole, a certain demographic, which is really kind of fucking shitty. I mean, and is and it's probably only because the median household income is lower than what they're making right is it because they're living on welfare no it's just because they're making less money right which does not value a person sorry everybody but what you make is not your value you are valuable just because you exist so yeah if only we can get the rest of the fucking 
governments to see that in the world, right? Well, so easy. Money is everything. That's true. So Raina Mersenne Ainathide, also named Mersenne Waria. So you're gonna see her name. I saw. I tried looked up her name, and it mainly came up as Raina versus Mersenne Waria. She was born uh, February 26, 1977, and is of Torres Strait Island descent. So, and I had to look this up because I wasn't quite sure the geography of Australia. I was like, where the hell? Torres Strait is a strait between Australia and the Melanesian island of New Guinea. So it's about 94 miles wide. It's narrowest. It's off the coast of Australia. Okay. Right outside Queensland. So is it part of Australia? Yes. From what I can tell it is. And it's um, a lot of, again, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong, but from what I could tell it, it, um, a lot of indigenous people come from there. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, she was adopted by a relative at a young age and lived a happy life on Darnley Island. So Darnley Island or Arub is the native Papuan language, uh, is an island formant, uh, formed by volcanic action and situated in the Eastern section of the Torres Strait, Queensland, Australia. So again, still in the islands right outside Queensland, Australia. Um, so she grew up with some other people in her life. She was adopted by some family. Um, And a lot of the notes that I'm getting are from this incredible, incredible source, um, which I'm not gonna say quite yet because I don't wanna give anything away. Um, But Raina grew up and had a lot of children. In fact, they were her life. She had eight children. Ugh. Lots and lots of kids, but she lived to be a mom. She was one of those really good moms, was really involved. Were they um, stair step children? I believe so. So I see where we're going with this. You have I a see theory. Where we're going. Do you want to say your theory? So I feel like women who have children like this back to back to back to back tend to the hormones tend to make them make poor murderous decisions. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean in Granted, if you had eight kids. I would have made murderous decisions a long time ago. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I don't have any kids, and, and I'm just like, how in the hell did you deal with one, let alone eight? Ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. But for her, that was her vibe. She was like, totally love being a mom. This is my thing. Um, Raina has no previous history with the government mental health services outside of counseling for indigenous people of mental health issues. So unlike our country, uh, the Australian government actually has mental health services specifically for people of indigenous descent. And in fact, very recently, Australia has um, decided to give reparations to indigenous people, which snaps to that. Um, They're acknowledging issues and crimes that they did against humanity and decided, hey, we're actually going to give you guys reparations for all the crap that we put y'all through. So they also have mental health services, basically, you know, to help them with all the crap that goes along with being indigenous in a world that has been, you know, imperialized. So an independent psychiatrist, Dr. Pamela Vandehoff, said in 2007, she had cut her own hair off and threatened to kill one of her children with an axe. Okay. Oh, that took a quick turn. Yes, so we're going to go hard right. <laughs> and in 2011, she had ideas to drown herself and similar thoughts 
um, a couple weeks before an incident, which of which we will cover. But besides that, there were no major incidents. So in other words, when she did go into counseling in 2007 and 11, there were a few things that psychiatrists noted as like, hmm. So she went to counseling in seven and then didn't go back for another four years? Right, in 11. Okay, great. Now granted, if you have eight children, you tell me that you don't at some point mention psychiatrists, I'm gonna kill this bitch. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're so frustrated. And granted, this is out of context. Yeah. Right. This is like a one line item in a note from a doctor saying that she threatened to kill her kid with an axe and she cut her hair off. Well, okay. Britney Spears, right? She, she was also going through mental shit. She cut her hair off. And, you know, I mean, like, there, context. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's crazy or she's going through mental illness necessarily. I mean, I'm sure I've said at some point in time, in 18 years, I'm going to fucking kill that kid. Right. But I have never gone the extra step of what I'm going to kill them with. Valid. Right. So the, the, it's an interesting note, in other words. Yes. But, I, that's all I'm going to say about yeah. that. Yeah. So there were two, those two cases that the doctor mentioned. Besides that, she had not gone to mental help or into any mental facility from the government. Um, and the psychiatrist obviously took that down as like a, hmm, that's interesting. Because like you said, it's a very specific thing to say. But besides that, there was no like triggers or anything that the doctor was like, oh shit, and you get these kids out of the situation. It was more like a, okay, the mom's frustrated, she's got eight kids. You know, it's fair enough. I don't know, my trigger would have been with the ax. <laughs> with an ax, yeah. So, I'm going to go up to 2014, okay? So there is an incident that we're going to talk about that happened in 2014. I'm going to explain what happened pre the incident and after because it does all lend to what happened, okay? In 2014, Raina began a major shift in her behavior. Um, about two months or so before the incident, which we'll get into, she started having very religious... Um, Outburst. She started to express concerns of evil spirits living in her home and on her street. She started to refer to herself as the anointed one. She stopped sleeping and started lecturing her older son and others about God. Like, she started to go hardcore into, like, this super, like, Christian-based, essentially, psychosis. And even her older son was like, what are you doing? Like, it was very out of character. So nobody seemed to do anything about this? No, because it was like, it's basically like whenever somebody becomes born again, getting real into it, real Jesus-y. I mean. You know? And so. This seems like that mm -hmm. times at least five, if not more. So we'll get into it. So at some points she would cry make strange comments, and obviously her neighbors and her son, her eldest son, was taking notice of this, like, what the hell is going on here? This is beyond just like, oh, I turned into like a super Christian person or like really into this religion. I'm now, I'm starting to get like kind of a little aggressive about it. And it's like saying that you're in the anointed one. It's super weird. I mean, people can get like uber religious. Like, I don't even think Papa Duggar has ever said I'm the anointed one. <laughs> Valid. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I'm just saying. Yeah. So this behavior was definitely out of context because, like I said, there were two previous incidents, yes, with the psychiatrist, but there was nothing like this where it was like she's going into her own head. Right. So the week up to the incident, she had a major house cleaning session of which she cleaned her whole yard and house and not like a normal cleaning. Like I'm just going to do a super, super deep like spring clean. We're talking like she placed her furniture on the yard. She scrubbed her ceilings and walls and she started throwing away valuable items. And nobody did anything about this. No. This sounds a little Susan Smith, not Susan Smith, my bad, Andrea Yates. We're just going to let you go down your crazy train and not let anybody do anything. You're on a track there. You are on a track. So, and I don't like the Andrea Yates story. It made me sad. Yes. So, even though I covered it. No, no, no. I know. I know. It's very sad. So, Raina, again... You know, she started doing this behavior that was out of context. She also stated at this time that she wanted to teach her children about what her mother had taught her about religion. And she started getting distressed about this. So she tried to encourage her children with religious videos and songs and like trying to comfort them through this process of her acting super strangely. And they were like, what is happening? Like, who is this mother? Because she's different than the mom that we've had for however many years now. And granted, her adult son is, he's, I'm gonna say, oh man, I took a note here. He is, I wanna say late teens, early 20s. So he's old, he's old enough to be like, I know my mother, and I know this is not my mother. This is not her behavior. So these strange things are happening, and then on December 18, 2014, Raina was 37 years old, her oldest daughter and her niece. So from what I can understand, the niece either lived with them or stayed with them part-time, but hung out with the family a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Both her oldest daughter and niece went out shopping and were not home when they were expected at 10 p.m. So what would you do? Hold on. Who was it again? Her oldest daughter and her niece. So just the daughter and the niece? Yeah, they went out shopping and they were supposed to be home by 10 and they were not home by 10. I would. Do they have cell phones? This is 2014. I would call their cell phones. Mm-hmm. So Raina starts freaking out, and she is trying to contact them. She's trying to figure out where the hell they are. Mm-hmm. And so she slept outside on a mattress, still outside because of the house cleaning. She never moved everything back in? No. And her youngest daughter was outside with her, waiting for those two girls to show up. Outside, Okay. Um, as she's still waiting, Raina starts yelling and walking around the front of her house, half scared and half upset that they disobeyed her. And the neighbors do see this. Obviously, they're fucking neighbors. They're like, what is Do happening? they not have a 5150 hold in Australia? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, from what I understood, the neighbors saw this happening. I don't know if it was like a, hey, mind your business kind of thing. Like, we don't know exactly what's going on here. If you see something, say, say something. Right. I don't know. And I don't want to place blame on them because, again, nobody could have foreseen what was about to happen nor understood the full context of the situation. I know what's about to happen. She's about to chop her kids up with that axe. Here we go. So 
She called the police that night, demanding that they find her children and bring them home to her. One of the reports made by a neighbor at the time reported her saying things like, I'm the chosen one, I have the power to kill people and to curse people, you hurt my kids, I hurt them first, you stab my kids, I stab them first, if you kill them, I will kill them. Mm, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, yeah, so now we're into like, say, like uh, what is it called? Um, sa- uh, salad, sam- like a word salad or whatever, whenever people are like, in a super psychosis type of state where they're just like saying words and everyone's like, what are you saying? And they think they're making sense, but they're not. Yeah. She's. Yeah. I really hate to throw this word out, but she's crazy pants. So the girls did return home at 1.30 that morning a.m. Okay. And I they feel bad. She's not crazy pants. She just needs help. Right. So she started fighting with them, and the neighbors reported this, of course, because, again, she's... Okay, so they finally did They something. did report this. Okay. Her fighting with the niece and her daughter, you know, at 1.30 a.m. Um, and early that morning of the 19th, she was carrying a stick and a bicycle chain and was heard, and allegedly she heard a, a dove's voice as a sign from God, and then she decided that oh she God. must, and I'm quoting... Kill her children in order to save them. Andrea Yates. Yeah. So the morning of December 19, 2014. And I'm just going to say shit pothole from here on out because holy shit. Oh. I'm just going to say that. Was she getting Escape. Was she getting the same newsletter from the same cult that Andrea Yates was getting? No, but I would not be surprised if... Because remember, uh, she said the same thing. She had to save her children. Had to save her children. Yeah, you're right. That's a very good point. Like, like um, oh God, what's it called? Like, where you are like this, like a savior complex or some shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Andrea Yates said the same thing because that's what that... Got, oh, God, what was his name? Randy. Randy. It was another name. Fuck. Rodney? You keep going. I'll keep going. So, the morning of December 19, 2014, police received a call from her adult son, Louis Waria, to Triple O, which is their 911. Yeah. Um, police arrived, and Raina was on the veranda with 35 self inflicted knife wounds. What? To herself. 35 to herself? To herself. I don't think I could get past two. One of which punctured her own lung. No. Yes. No. Inside the home, shit pothole, SP, seven of her eight children were stabbed to death, as well as her niece, eight total dead, and even their pet duck was dead in order to rid the house of evil. What the pet duck do? Michael Warnecki. Michael Warnecki. Got it. So four boys and four girls were dead, ranging in age from 2 to 14 years old, with seven of the eight were siblings or half-siblings. Yeah. Awful. Awfulness. Um, Instantly when the police arrived, she admitted that she did it, and they took her to Karen's base hospital. She gave them the same story that led up to these events consistently. All of that information I just read from you is actually from, and now I can say it, Queensland Mental Health Court's report by three 
different psychiatrists that interviewed her, three of them, including they went back to Dr. Pamela Vandehoff back in 2007 and 11 to figure out like, let's reel it back and see where this originally started. Um, and consistent all the way through. She said the whole reason why the police uh, were called was because she told her son, I've killed them. So her son rolls up that morning and literally sees his mom with 35 stab wounds and she straight up tells him, I've killed them. Can you imagine being that son? Can you imagine that fucking shit? No, this is crazy. I mean, and this is like literally like the Australian mirror image of Andrea Yates. Yes, you are spot on. Except Andrea Yates drowned her children. Yeah, she just chose a knife in this case versus mm-hmm. like a bathtub yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. so police believe that she drugged the children in order to do this, but no drugs were found in their system. I, I don't doubt that, especially ranging from the ages of 14 down to like two, that it is a possibility to murder multiple people at once. I do, especially if she's in a manic, like crazed state where she's like super, her adrenaline's up, you know? I think it is a possibility. Absolutely. It's horrific, but it's that's ugh. crazy. I know. So sorry, y'all. So d- this is why we have to joke about shit like this because it's so awful. It's just like, oh, that God. That just made me feel yucky. Yeah. So December 21st, 2014, they charged her, obviously, with eight counts of murder. And she was moved instantly to a mental health facility before the preliminary hearing on January 30th of 2015. So um, she stayed there for two years. And then in April of 2017, the Queensland Mental Health Court ruled that she should not stand trial so first of all can we just take a moment and say what the fuck they have a mental health court there that's incredible that's fantastic yes yes we need this we need this in the states because it's so different to try somebody who's actually mentally ill versus a ted bundy right like that is a different person Mm -hmm. completely andrea yates reina ted bundy three different people like, completely. Like, I just wanted to applaud the fact that they even have a mental health court to talk about this kind of thing with people. I mean, it's just incredible. I just really applaud that. So, they determined she should not stand trial. This is a quote from Dalton J. and Dr. C., uh, Dr. C. Gray assisting. All the evidence from Dr. Um, Voita the treating psychiatrist and the three independent psychiatrists and from my two assisting psychiatrists is all to the same effect. That is, that Mrs. Thayde had a mental illness that deprived her of capacity at the time of the killing. She entitled to the defense of unsoundness of mind. There is no doubt about that on the evidence and there is no doubt about the legal conclusion that flows from that. So essentially they ruled that she was schizophrenic mm-hmm. and much like m- most schizophrenics, it appears at a, a later age. And in her case, it appeared around 37 years old. Yeah. And because of that, she had all these, you know, savior complexes and everything that you heard. And then she unfortunately did what she did and knew instantly what she did. And, you know, through clarity of mind after the fact with multiple drugs and everything has been able to, deal with the fact that this happened because I'm sure that's not a great moment to wake up essentially from your psychosis and realize what happened. Yeah, I don't need, I, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. So 
The one thing, though, that they kept bringing up, which I thought was kind of interesting, and I don't know if it was because of the time or... I don't know how I feel about this, was her cannabis use, okay? So they took note of this, and I find it interesting, and I want to know your thoughts on this. She had smoked pot since she was nine, okay? And she was up to a 10 to 20 a cone a day habit. So I'm assuming they mean like a joint, essentially. Some of the three psychiatrists that examined her questioned if it was withdrawals from this because she did stop all alcohol and cannabis use the two months prior to the incident when she became super religious. Mm-hmm. So thinking, oh, it's withdrawals. But they think it is likely that this long-term use of cannabis caused the mental illness schizophrenia to emerge. I don't know if I fully believe that because if that were the case, there'd be a lot more fucking schizophrenics running around. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it maybe exacerbated it. I think that, I don't know. I don't think that had anything to do with her schizophrenia per se. Um, but I don't know how I feel about a nine-year-old smoking pot. I don't agree with that. Because, I mean, your brain is still forming. Right, so... So, taking any long-term medications, I feel, is going to affect your development of your brain. Yet again, not a doctor. Right. And I'm just spitballing here yeah i wonder your opinion so i'm asking you because i was like like i could see how i mean shit at nine god that's crazy and then like that's way too young mm-hmm. that's way too young mm-hmm. and then 10 to 20 a day yeah that's a fucking habit like mm-hmm. that is an issue and to go cold turkey like that i'm sure there had to be some withdrawals if not dopamine going down mm-hmm. but then i i don't i don't know again we're not psychiatrists we don't have a degree we don't hold like but I think that schizophrenia was going to happen to her either way. Either way. I don't know if cannabis necessarily exacerbated, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I would have to look at her family history. Did she have a family history of schizophrenia? Um, Because a lot of times schizophrenia can be familial. Right. And if not, then maybe the drug use beginning at such a young age did change her brain makeup. Maybe. To where that did cause that to happen? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know because I don't know what causes schizophrenia. Right. And, and to your point, I, I agree. I think it does come from a family. And it was hard to find family history. Like I said, like the really short like introduction was all I could find. Like she was born in 77. She got adopted at a young age. She's from Torres Strait Island. But besides that, like it was really hard to find any information about her, her history or her family history. The incident was the main thing that they reported, which I mean, I get. I mean, it's kind of a big fucking deal. So um, I'm not sure. I don't know. But I think it was kind of like, hmm, that's an interesting... And we don't care if y'all smoke pot. No, God no. I mean, that being give said, like, we don't give a shit. Do, do you? In fact, it needs to be legal. It's kind of silly that it's not in our country. <laughs> yeah, so don't take what we just said as like, oh my God, don't do that. No, God no. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting little side note here. So yeah, um... 
So as of May 7, 2017, she is being held at the Park Center for Mental Health. As, as she, she should be. Exactly. This is where she needs to be. She's being treated. She has therapists and she has medication to help her with her schizophrenia. And um, she's doing much better. And throughout it all, her story has remained consistent. So she is one of the few cases that's very much like Andrea Yates. I don't feel like there is a cunt in this story necessarily. No. I don't think she you was a what? cunt. I want to... You know what? I want to make the neighbors a cunt for the okay. whole, you know what? It's none of my business what's going on over there. Mm. Sometimes it is your fucking business, okay? Yeah. All the goddamn furniture is on the lawn. Here's your sign. She's fucking walking around speaking crazy. Maybe you should fucking get involved. Well, and then the bike chain. I'm sorry. If I saw my neighbor out with a bike chain, and be like... Where's the bike? There's there's no bike. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Are you okay? And then if they're like acting aggro, I'm like, okay, time to go in the house, call the cops. Cause what? What's I happening? mean, I know all my neighbors like right here, like immediate two next door across the street. And I know that like their habits. If any of them fucking put all their furniture on the lawn for more than ten minutes, I would go over there and be like, bro, you need some help. Right, we're doing a garage sale. Like, what's happening here? Yeah, and then if they were speaking crazy, I'm the apostle Jesus, right? And swinging a bike chain, I would come back to the pod hubby and I'd be like, "Bruh, yeah, we gotta call um, the non-emergency and get a fifty-one fifty going on for homeboy." Over right, there. right. Shit's going, getting real. He's acting like he needs some mental health help. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You can do it anonymously. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm calling the neighbors. They're all the cunts. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but you're right. For And going back to the original part of this article, we're a family. It's all about the neighborhood. It's like, well, then if they're your family, look out for each other. You know? Exactly. And go, hey, sister, what's going on here? What's going Are you okay? You know? like, And what's hard, though, is those kids, I'm sure... Um, her adult son is alive. He's the only survivor, Lewis. Um, but like, I'm sure he wasn't quiet about his mom being acting kind of different than she then has been. Then why didn't he get his mom help? I don't know. Cause see, this is the thing though. Because it's his mom, and she'll be fine. And I don't want to. I think that's turn it, her in and get the kids taken away. Right. But that's the other thing is like, I feel as though like. As a, as a daughter myself, like, at some point you're thinking, okay, well, eventually they're going to level out. You know what I mean? Maybe this might just be a, a, a thing for right now. It may not be, like, a full-on, like, full episode. Like, I'm, he had, nobody had any idea that this was going to go down. Of course, or that she has schizophrenia because she didn't have any history of it. Right? Well, So it's I like, mean, how the fuck are you supposed to know? Oh, this is a schizophrenic issue if you've never seen it before. Well, I think when somebody goes from... I mean, when somebody goes from not crazy, uh-huh. okay, somebody's going to jump my ass for using that word. When somebody goes from what you've always known to this... Mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you need to jump in. Yeah. I don't disagree. I, I, I don't want to blame the kids, though, and I... I'm more. I'm with you on the neighbors. I could see that more as like a because. I feel like also that's your mom. 
I mean, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why nobody jumped in. Right. It, it, with, yeah. With Andrea Yates, all her kids were little, and there was nobody to jump in. Right. Right. And, and actually, she did get a lot of fucking help. Like, she had she multiple did. times of help. She did. And actually, it was the healthcare system that failed Andrea exactly. Yates. Exactly. In this case, unfortunately, with Raina, it was her neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we keep referencing Andrea Yates. We did a whole episode on her. You can go back and listen. Yeah, absolutely. So one last note I just want to say, and, and we want to remember that the people that were the victims here, um, Malili, Angelina, Shante, Raiden, um, Azraya, Daniel, Rodney, and Patronella um, were the victims of this unfortunate incident and so on the site where they were murdered there have frangipani trees which are really pretty little trees that they planted eight of them um to remember the children so there's now like kind of like a memorial in the neighborhood now for them but yeah those are the real i mean reina also unfortunately is a victim here too yeah but um those are beautiful names aren't they Mm -hmm. i was like god dang she could pick a name you know you should pop one out and name it one of those. <laughs> Hilarious. I know. I'll just buy I got, it. I got jokes tonight. I just buy another animal and name it. Like a different name. But yeah, girl. Like when I was Adapt reading the shop. Yes, there you go. Um, when I was reading this, I was like, I've never heard of this woman before. But damn. Like it obviously shook the community. Because it was like nothing like this had ever happened yeah. before. But man, Australia goes all in. They're kind of like Florida. They're the Florida of the world. Yeah. And God bless it. I'll move there in a minute. I don't know. Fucking move there. Because they got big fucking spiders and bugs and shit. Eh. Eh. Oh, no. Have you seen the beaches? Girl. Have you seen the bugs? I would sell my left nut to go to those fucking beaches. No, with the bugs. No. <laughs> you no. just squash them and just make Have sure. Have you not watched Shark Week? Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. The bugs and the sharks and the <laughs> no. Now, I will go to New Zealand. It's it's right off the fucking coast. It's the same shit. It's just right there. But it has sheep. Oh, my God. So, what, the sheep make it better? The, the fucking spiders aren't going to get the sheep? What, Australians don't have sheep? They don't. Have, they don't have spiders in New Zealand. <laughs> you don't know that. They could. That one's the size of my head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really. We know. understand that it's vastly different. Kiwi versus Australian, vastly different. I do. Apparently, she doesn't. I know it's different. All I'm saying is, it's right there. It's literally off the coast of. Like, what makes you think like it's that vast? Giant bugs, sharks. Dingoes? Dingoes eat your baby. Well, then don't go to the fucking inland. Don't be a dumb and go to the inland. Nobody does that. Sharks. Not even indigenous people do that. Sharks? Eh. They're sharks off like our coasts. I, and I don't go there because it's gross. <laughs> well, our coasts are nasty. Um, Bondi Beach, girl. Bondi Beach. That's all I'm going to say. Gorgeous. I mean, if somebody would buy me, if somebody bought me a ticket, I wouldn't turn it down. No, that's right. See you next Tuesday podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the first of my Australian series. Oh, we're having a whole series now. Well, shit, I figure why not? 
I'm going to beat you to the Dingo Ate My Baby. God dang it. You can't. I'll, I'll give you that one. I loved that movie as a kid. Yet another movie I was allowed to watch as a kid that I probably should never have watched as a kid. That's Meryl Streep, right? Or am I thinking Sophie's Choice? I think you're thinking Sophie's Choice. What's the Dingo Ate My Baby? Because, like, that is a famous case and you absolutely have to cover it. It is... I, having heard it, um, I am still undecided on that case. Cry in the Dark is... Meryl Streep. Oh, it is Meryl Streep. I knew it. It could be no one but Meryl. It's Meryl motherfucking Streep. I mean... I'm just saying, another movie I watched as a child that I should not have probably been allowed to watch as a child. I was allowed to watch Dirty Dancing at age six. Well, that's a classic that's different. Adult themes. Adult themes. The dude was like in his 20s dating a teenager. But we didn't know it was wrong then. True. All I'm saying is it was very inappropriate. I'm, I'm just saying we didn't know it was wrong then. But I fucking love that movie. I love that movie. And I will fight anyone who says it's a bad movie. <laughs> I will fight. When I was in the hospital two years ago... um, on what I like to call my spa vacation for 10 days. So fun. I was watching um, Dirty Dancing <sighs> at like 10 o'clock because, you know, we were in the hospital. You can't sleep. Yeah. Waiting for my sleeping meds so I could sleep. And I was watching Dirty Dancing and the nurse came in and she's like, oh, I love this movie. And she hung out with me for a while and watched it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You're like, do we just become best friends? Yes. I became best friends with a lot of nurses that was there so long. Shit. You keep, you know, giving the sleepies and the pain meds. Hell yeah. Oh, you know, we're coming up on that two-year anniversary this month. Really? Mm-hmm. How you feel? It's a thing that I can't change, so it... You know what? You're kicking ass and taking names. And making a fucking podcast. I'm making a podcast. So take me up. Get me away from... The sadness. Okay. So this might have a little bit of sads mixed in, and I'm so sorry. That's okay. But if it's like a happy sads. It's, you're going to have happies at the end. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about Miss Patty O'Malley. Oh, my God. I love her name. What a fun name. So Patty was a badass when she was 17. Okay. She was a high school dropout when she began working on Wall Street in the early 80s. What? Okay, wait. She became a Wall Streeter in the early 80s at 17? As a high school dropout. Because you could do that shit in the 80s. Right, yeah. I can't do that anymore. God dang it. And she was a city girl through and through, and she never thought she would end up in, get this, rural Kansas. Uh, yeah, no, you don't go from New York to rural Kansas. Why the fuck would you do that? Because she moved there with her husband at the time. God bless. Sorry, Kansas, but let's be real. We love you, Kansas City. We love you, Kansas City. (laughs) But they moved to Abilene, Kansas. Uh, And you know what? I'm going to just backtrack. That could be Kansas City, Missouri, too. Midwest confuses us Texans. We don't really get it. Sorry about that. Especially... Lots of corn. Lots of corn. And the fact that y'all can be in another state within two hours weirds us out. Oh, I can't even get across the city in two hours. Yeah, that's fucking true. Um, anywho's it, there was only a population of 6,000 people. Oh, honey. So she goes from New York City. Yeah. 
to Abilene, Kansas with a population of 6,000 people. Fuck, I didn't know there was another Abilene besides Texas's Abilene. And in our Abilene, I ain't got fucking shit going on, not neither. I don't think there's 6,000 people in our Abilene. Are there not? I don't know. Google it. Ugh. Um, so, and this is one of those places where everyone looked out for one another. So, when Patty found herself as a single mom raising two boys after her divorce, she needed, you know, that support from the community. Yeah. Um, oh, our Abilene is bigger. 123,000. Oh, shit. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, up. Patty and her boys lived in a large house surrounded by a whole bunch of land and animals. But, unbeknownst to anyone... This perfect life was going to crack and shatter. Um, I, I'm just going to raise my hand and say, called it. I'm sorry, because if you go from like being a fucking self-starter at 17 in New York to married, divorced, two children in Abilene, Kansas, yeah, no shit. So, SP, everyone. Uh-oh. SP, 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 SP. Patty began having a glass of wine after work, but eventually the glass of wine led to her having trouble staying awake past 7 p.m. Oh. And not only that, her alcoholism progressed, um, and she started becoming angry, and the anger started destroying her family. Oh, shit. That's what alcoholism does. Yes. So, Patty decided to go to rehab. Good for Um, her. Yes. But, um... At this point in time, her youngest son, Riley, um, who was her mini-me in all sense of the word, he began emulating her rebelliousness and began getting in trouble at school. And then Patty realized it wasn't just her rebelliousness he was copying, but he had an addiction problem as well. Oh, no. And so, by the time Riley was in high school, he was battling an addiction to opioids. Oh, shit. So, yes, everyone. Our country has an opioid problem. Yeah, welcome. Opioids. You prescribe them. You get addicted to them. You run out of them. Or you can't get enough of them, and that leads to heroin. <laughs> or vice versa. You get off heroin, and then you get um, this other thing, which is very similar to heroin, and you're like, well, fuck it. So, I guess about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I had to take my now 13-year-old son to the ER because he was having pain. He said it was in his diaphragm. Before they knew, he said his pain was at 10. He was in a lot of pain. I believed him, took him to the ER because of it. Before they knew what was even wrong with him, they gave him morphine. Really? Yes. Damn. You want to know what was wrong with him? Uh. Heartburn. Oh, shit. Yeah, not a morphine situation. I mean, granted, the pain is extreme. Don't get me wrong, but damn. My point being... They're just throwing this shit out. Right. Like, I get it. My son was in pain. As a concerned mom, I'm concerned my son's in pain. Give him something. Of course. But when they rolled out the morphine, as a mom, before I could even say anything, they're shooting it into his IV, and I'm like, 
why are you giving my son morphine before I could even stop them? Right, right. You don't know what's wrong with him. Right, right. Before they could even check him out, morphine. Do you think that's what's happening here with Patty and her son is the fact that, hey... I I just want to point out that we have a opioid problem in this country. Yeah. Um, and I, you know. Right, right. This You've was, lived part of it. This is yeah. my experience. I mean, obviously, my child doesn't is not addicted. We didn't leave the hospital with a prescription for morphine. But when you take a kid that young to the hospital. Right. And before they even know what's wrong with him. Here's morphine. Yes. Which is like fucking napalm. <laughs> you know, it's like the, one of the highest things that you can give. So. Anybody for pain, let alone. That's the first thing. Yeah. So, gotcha. I mean. <laughs> there's that. I mean. And there's a whole other, like, we could go into it. There's all this other shit, but. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Anyhow. Her son. What was his name again? Riley. Riley was addicted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Honey. So Patty and Riley, they actually went through recovery together. Love that. Mm-hmm. Good mom. Yes. So she had a problem. She saw he had a problem. They went through recovery together. Easter Sunday, 2012, Riley's car swerved off a bridge into the river. And he was driving under the influence when he passed away just five miles from their house. No, honey. Patty was grieving for her son and needed a way to channel her grief. And that was when she decided to turn her home into a residential recovery center for women struggling with addiction. Girl. Girl. That's her first thought. Mm-hmm. Is reach out and help people. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. She said, I couldn't help my child, but I can help someone else's child. Mm. She calls her center the Cedar House. Yes. Channel that ambition. The Cedar House sits on 30 acres of land. It can host up to six women at a time. The residents typically stay for about a year. Patty lives in a new house on the same piece of land. There are chickens and sheep and geese as well as a small wooden cabin where the women have their weekly recovery meetings Mm -hmm. as well as three greenhouses. Nice. The greenhouses not only help the residents keep busy during the Kansas winters, but they help the Cedar House financially. Um, It's self-funded and they sell the plants or donate them through their food bank. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And they recently added an aquaponics system. Uh-huh. Where they raise tilapia as well. Oh, shit. And in addition to 12-step meetings, each woman also has weekly therapy with a licensed mental health therapist. And there's a whole lot more. And so I just recommend everyone, like, Google the Cedar House and check it out. Because I couldn't even cover everything that... That they do there. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And so... um There's actually a quote from Patty that I absolutely love. She said, this disease doesn't just kill the addict. It kills everyone who loves the addict. Oh, my God. That is a phenomenal quote. And she's not wrong. Mm -mm, She's not wrong. No, because, I mean, it's true. Because even if the addict is still alive, 
you still have to figure out how to not enable but be there for that person and that is destroying to see someone you love go down that wormhole of addiction well and not only that every time they leave the house are they going to come home oh my god yeah or even if they stay they're sober are they really sober what are they really doing it's living with an addict is very difficult um especially living with an alcoholic um Mm -hmm. you're constantly walking on eggshells um because you don't know what's going to set them off Mm. um you don't know what they're going to be like from day to day to day. Yeah. You don't know if this is going to be okay today hmm. because it was fine yesterday, but it not might not be okay today. It might be okay today, but it's not going to be okay tomorrow. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a, and no one wants to live like that around that person because then you're like, it's, how do I not trigger this person? How do I make sure that they're... Yeah, it's... it's Yeah, it's a lot. It's not fun. No. That's incredible. And we'll put the link to the Cedar House on our um, website. It'll be on the blog post that we always do. So you guys can take a look at it and donate. Or however... If you're in the area, shit. Go volunteer if they have... If they're able to volunteer for that. Yeah. Right? I, can they... Can I don't know that they have volunteers. Um, they require the women to work... Like, they have to be there so long, and then they have to go work in the community. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm Googling it. That's so cool. What an incredible story. So it sounds like she's been in a very ambitious person since the get-go. Obviously, being a freaking, you know, Wall Streeter at 17, God, amongst all those, like, men and, like, I mean, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then she's now been able to channel that ambition into something that's really near and dear to her heart. Um, that's, that is so cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is awesome. What a great story. Yeah, it kind of has a sad middle. Um. But it, it led her to be able to reach out into the community and help others, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate that it had to that unfortunately she lost her son, but I feel like she has done so much good for so many other women and families because, you know, behind those women are people, mothers, fathers, daughters, sisters, brothers, husbands, why, you know, like all these other people that are being supported by her supporting them. So, yeah, it's, you know, like I said, it's, Living with an alcoholic is very difficult, and mm. so not everyone gets help, so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put the links up, like I said, and and if you yourself are thinking you might need help or in the Kansas area, in your Abilene, please reach out. There is a, I'm literally on the website right now, there's a form, there's a phone number, there's a bunch of different ways to communicate well, with them. And even if you're not in Abilene, if you're anywhere, I mean... There's 12-step meetings um, mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, if you just go to um, aa.org, you can get a list of Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Um, Places where you can get help. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you need a residential area to, like, be away from people who are influencing you, absolutely Google it. There are plenty of houses that will, will house you to keep you safe while you're trying to recover. 
Yeah, and a lot of times if you go to an AA meeting or an NA meeting, they will know where to get the other resources for things like rehab or places to stay or even a lot of the people in those meetings will take you in. Yeah, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of support out there. So don't feel like you're alone. You're not. And we love you. We do. We do. Whether or not you like us or not, we still love you. So You're still my best friend. Exactly. Aggressive love coming your way. <laughs> you like it or not. <laughs> You're my best friend, damn it. Right now. <laughs> and remember last episode where I talked about that wooden roller coaster? Yeah. It was the Texas Cyclone. Oh, the Texas Cyclone in Astroworld. God, did they reopen Astroworld? No. I thought for some reason that they did. No, it was a Travis Scott album. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, my God. How old am I that you know that and I don't? Yeah, you're right. God dang it. But thanks for playing. Shit. But there's a festival. Let's see here. Astor World Festival 2021. Oh, that's right. They made it a... Um, they made it a, like a, a music... Lot. Like a festival area to like host music shit now. But it's not the Astro World I went to every single summer growing up when I went to see the Houston Astros play baseball. You know, Astro World was was fucking sick, man. I don't know why it closed down. Do you? Because people are fuckers. <laughs> That's well. On that note, <laughs> this is very true. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast. No, but for real, thank you. Thank you so much, and um, don't forget to like us. Subscribe mm -hmm. to us mm -hmm. and please leave a nice review. Anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts, we're literally everywhere. We're on Google, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud. You can run, but you can't hide. We're everywhere. We will find you. <laughs> I mean, you'll find us. That's true. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.